We're now speaking with Pat Malloy in our player development segment. Uh, the topic this week is possession puck skill and time creation. Pat, thanks for coming on the show again. We always appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. Well, let's get into this. Um, I'm actually really looking forward to this segment. Um, every time that we speak, uh, I try to learn something new and give it, give the listeners a breakdown, uh, you know, that possession puck skill and what that really means in terms of not only player development, but also from like a evaluation standpoint. Cause I guess before you can help a player, you have to evaluate what's going on, break down, you know, their mechanics of what's happening and then find a solution that best suits how for them to get better um, over time. Yeah. I, I mean, in, in my, I guess, 20 plus years and, and, and having worked with multiple national hockey league teams in the player development department, you know, I I've kind of refined it in that I'm looking at, at skill detail and habit of a certain portion of a player's game um, and then using that to sort of formulate a, a, a development plan for them. So from a, a possession perspective, I mean, ultimately what we want is players that have the ability to endure and, and to extend possessions, but ultimately endure deliberate and incidental contact uh, in order to make a play. And so, you know, from an evaluation standpoint, uh, you know, I'll start to look at posture. Everything will lead me back to posture. Is there an activated base of skating is there a dynamicness in terms of are they ability to, you know, do they own the ability to endure deliberate and incidental contact and play between checks in order to make the play that's, that's required uh, at the time that it's required. And so the things that would go into that, you know, from a developmental standpoint, sort of speaking from a, when a player graduates from junior uh, or is looking to graduate from being a, you know, a fairly accomplished player at the junior level and then breaking into the pro level, puck placement is certainly going to be something that, you know, that we'll look for. They'll get away with a lot more just based on talent level at the junior level than they will at the pro level. Uh, balance points. Are they in a position where a quick push will take them off the puck? And, you, you know, we'll see this all the time at the National Hockey League level. How come you'll get a player that's sub 200 pounds, a 170, 180 pound player, and they're really strong on pucks and, and you know, 200 plus pound defensemen aren't able to move them off of pucks. And a lot of that will come back to the balance points in terms of that posture that we talk about in order to be strong on pucks. And, and then from, a you know, utilizing that sort of checklist of skill, detail and habit that I've really adopted over the last couple of decades of developing players, you know, do they possess the skill in which detail do they use those skills? And then from a habitual standpoint, are they doing things that afford them advantage? Uh, you talked a, a lot in the segment so far about uh, posture and the ability to uh, stay strong on a puck despite size. I find one of the, the most important uh, examples of how to stay strong on a puck for a smaller player is to be able to handle leverages and be able to understand leverages to be able to take advantage of, of their smaller frame when they are going to get up against big defensemen who are attempting to lean on them. Can you discuss more about that process and what goes into that skill set? Yeah, it's, it's really, I think leverage is a great word. It's, it's a lot of times leveraging the strengths of your game and, and, and understanding what other, you know, opponents are trying to do to you. So a lot of times when someone sees a physical mismatch in terms of a defender trying to, you know, to manipulate a situation, you'll start to see an aggressiveness take place. And so leveraging a defender's aggressiveness or, 
pushes in certain ways can certainly act as benefit when framed for you to recognize those as triggers. And so one of the things that we'll do a lot of in terms of, of building someone's possession ability up is, is recognizing how to pull defenders and get defenders moving in a way that I can leverage their aggressiveness, create a trigger that I now, you know, automated in terms of a habit to, to recognize as a trigger and then exploit it. So, you know, someone that's being really aggressive and trying to get in stick on puck, but ultimately hip on hip or, or body on body and try to really, you know, physically manipulate a situation that aggressiveness when framed properly and, and recognized early is something that can be used to create, you know, boost advantage to get into that pocket of time. And ultimately, you know, what we're trying to do is, is to create time, time to make the next play and that next play mentality. So, you know, maybe that next play is me distributing it to a teammate and control. Maybe that, that next play mentality is, is that I've got to continue and extend my possession in order to make, you know, the available play, whether it's a pass or a carry option. Ultimately, everything that we're trying to do from a possession perspective is to create that time for ourselves. It's Hockey Prospect Radio on Sirius XM NHL Network Radio. I'm Shane Malloy with Brad Allen from HockeyProspect.com. Powered by Instat Hockey, offering the largest data and video library of players, teams, and leagues worldwide. We're speaking with Pat Malloy, player development coach uh, in our regular segment. Pat, you made an interesting comment. You know, when you're dealing with a, like, helping a player who's smaller against larger defenders, the forward versus a D, how much do you uh, get into the fact that, you know, you want to maybe want to put pressure on joint areas, like those pressure points, because uh, pushing people off leverage always ends up happening at the hinges, whether it's the knees or the hips and how you can sort of like manipulate that area. If you're a smaller player to get that larger player off balance, say if it's a forward versus a larger defenseman. Yeah, I, I mean, when we look at it, when we talk about that idea of, of the leverage of a, a larger player, obviously, if we can create scenarios where we're dynamic in, in our movements and create little pockets of time by getting defenders to cross their feet, by getting a defender to, you know, to trunk over and to start to lean and, and to, to really reach with their stick in order to be stick on puck. You know, one thing we want to, and I talk about triggers. So for instance, if we can, you know, with our movement, with our attack base in terms of a smaller player, we can skate and get a larger player reaching. We now know that we've manipulated them to the point where their center of gravity or their mass is leaned forward. Well, that really sets up well for us to create a cutback scenario or room for us to move into. Um, you know, if we're dynamic enough and we're shifty enough in terms of weight shifts and dynamic movements, and we can get a defender to cross again, that, that opens up another pocket of space for us to use and ultimately creating pockets of time with our movements. Um, it, it's not something that just happens. You have to make that happen. There's gotta be things that we do to force what we're trying to get from a defender. So, you know, I'll often say if we can get a defender doing something they know they don't want to, they don't want to, or they're trained not to do with our movement, we now have a pretty clear indication that we're in control of a scenario. And so patience becomes a thing for sure. And that sort of stick to itness that it's not going to happen in the first portion of a shift potentially, but it might happen in the seconds, you know, just after you've given up. So it's, it's important that we recognize Sometimes you've got to create those triggers with your movement and, and the idea that time saved is time earned to make a play. And so, 
you know, forcing people to do things and forcing people outside of their comfort zone is, is really something from a trigger standpoint that we'd, we'd like to talk about and illustrate. Uh, Pat, I, I think maybe a little bit of a definition difference here. One thing I, I refer to this um, as a, basically reacting dynamically to a resistance. So if somebody pushes on you, you immediately counteract and redistribute your weight, which is, I, I, I believe is what you're saying, right? You throw them off balance and then you, you use that weight against them and create an exit strategy. One thing I want to ask you though, was for less small, less elusive players. Okay. It's not the William Ecklins of this draft. Um, not the Niels Hoglanders, um, but bigger, bigger line driving players like Miko Rantanen, for instance, somebody right. who can throw their, their weight back at a defenseman. Uh, do you look at a player base like that and say, this is an opportunity where we can really use something like reverse hitting to our advantage to create momentum, to come out of that and create exits, as opposed to having to, to uh, wait for the larger defender to come down on the smaller forward to then, then manipulate the weight transference. Is there, would you say there's a big difference between the two in terms of how you approach them, depending on the size of the player? A hundred percent. I mean, you know, a, a player's toolbox, their physical makeup certainly plays into, into how we'd create an individualized plan for their development or uh, success at the next level. So reverse hitting, creating that pocket of air, that sort of fallout after contact where there's that brief period between re-engagement of a defender and yourself where you've got the opportunity with that dead space to turn out and, and to create a little bit more time with your movement, um, leaning on people, you know, sort of dragging the, the contact of the fight to them. If you have the physical ability to lean on someone, you know, create a, a counter push out of them and get them playing their weight into you again, it's created an opportunity for roll off opportunities or for them to play a card that maybe they had never intended to play you know, where they might stay off the time and, and sort of honor your size and strength. So again, for sure, everything would boil back to the idea of, of individualized based on talent level, skill set, uh, physical makeup, all of those things would go into the way we would plan for that. We're going to take a short break right after this.